You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Oh, <laughs> welcome back. Season seven. I cannot believe we made it this far. It's kind of crazy. We've come this far by faith. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but really though. Okay. Well, we are the new kids. Welcome to season seven, episode one. I'm Jermaine. And I'm Shariah. See, you're supposed to have theme music and sound effects and every, every all, season we talk about this. This is a unique episode, so don't start me. Whatever. <laughs> Anywho, it's time for question of the day. Mm-hmm. And the question is, let's see, who, which one do y'all want to answer first? You? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Jermaine's going to answer first. So, if you could be in a 90s slash 2000s music video, which one would it be? And why? Okay, so, I, that was my thinking face. I had to think about it. Okay. Is that um, what that was? No, because I couldn't think of the name of this song. I think, I want to say this was the 2000s. Um, no Letting Go by Wayne Wonder. I, that is not what I expected exactly. to say. I know, right? I know, I know. Shocked you, Shocked you, didn't I? <laughs> Play me, because that's not what sure I was going to say. did. Okay. Um, but yeah. Why? Yeah. Because, I mean, so first of all, of course, the, the video is gorgeous, and I love the song, and it just looks like a fun video to be in. I forgot about that video. I know, right? Okay. Denzel? I think for me, one of my favorite music videos of all time is the uh, Biggie Sky's The Limit video where they had all the little kids like portraying the... Uh, bad, everybody who was in Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was like super dope. To, and I was a kid back then too. So if I could, uh, if I could just that put, was no chance. Yeah, nine year old Denzel <laughs> in that video and be living lavish for a few hours, I'd be I'd be good with that. Okay. Um, I think I want to. No, I'm gonna stick with my answer. So my first one, I need y'all not to judge me. I'm judging you already, but. I'm going to stand beside my choice. And that is going to be Nelly's tip drill. <laughs> now, Shariah, please give us the rationale behind this answer. Because I need to ask him, why did he slide that credit card the way that he did? And what was going through his mind to make him think that that was acceptable? I'm just being an adult now. I'm just thinking about the logistics of you that know, video. I just know that video probably smelled crazy. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that was going to be my... That part. I know it's going crazy in there. That part. Um, yeah, interesting choice. Yeah. I originally picked two. I picked that. and um, You know, when I think about videos from like the 90s, and or maybe not the 90s, but like especially the early 2000s, they all had like a certain wet look almost. Yeah. And it's just I like, never understood that. Because was, everybody was sweating. <laughs> but that was like the desired look. And I'm just trying to figure or out even why. even the hair. Remember like they used to have like the, yeah. the wet curly look also I feel like we were robbed because I, I feel like growing up like we saw the club and we mm-hmm. was just like oh that's the, home, the club gonna be fun mm-hmm. you know and you know what Beyonce this is your fault cause you said <laughs> ladies, ladies with your man, man at home, home. <laughs> okay the club the we have no ballers it's not full of ballers <laughs> at all where are they Beyonce you lied to me first just, of all even thinking about those lyrics <laughs> <laughs> ladies leave your man at home 
The club is full of ballers. Their pockets full of grown. Lies. And then all of your fellas leave your girl with their friend. She was on Demon Time. Who is at the club? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you leaving at the club, if you leaving your girl with her friends, where you think they gonna go? And then all the friends going to the club where the ball is supposed she, to be. She said, "All y'all sinners, meet me at the club. <laughs> if you sinning, come hang out with me." Okay, That's what she was come saying. turn Because you bound to run into somebody hey. that you know. Sneaky links. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky links at the club is wild. That's a wild uh, bag to be in. That's why I don't be having no sneaky links or no clubs. And meanwhile, we grew up to be in the club wearing business casual. Okay. Which was, oh, which yeah. was crazy. It was so Never hot. Never understood that. We had why, a why business jacket on. Like, why, am I going to interview? Okay, I'm having a blazer and a polo. This yeah. makes no sense. Had the big belts oh, and the big the belts. Oh, and a cardigan okay. and some uh, Haley Hansen shoes. First of all, we need to run back the digital belts. Hey, that was fire. <laughs> I think, I no, mean, Loki, it might be time. It, 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 might, time. it might be time. It's time for sure. Because I just knew I was going to have my digital belt on at the club and I was going to be hip roll battling somebody. <laughs> like, I just, those things are going to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It did not happen. We were robbed. <laughs> we were robbed. <laughs> did not happen outside of go like we lock hands. <laughs> you, do that now, you do that nowadays, you're going to be in ICU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. My head beating fell off, I'm old. <laughs> now you come a geriatric. Period. There you know. I'm a grandma. All right. So now it's time for the Millennial Minute, where we are going to give a shout out to some of our favorite millennial business owners. So I will go first. I'm going to shout out Leah. Um, her Instagram is blushed by Leah underscore and Leah is L-E-A. She is an esthetician. She does waxes. She does a lot of stuff. She's quick. Lady, she going to get y'all in and out. You're going to have a great time. The environment is amazing. So shout out to Leah. Okay, and I am going to shout out Locks by Fancy on Instagram. Um, her name is Locks, L-O-C-S, uh, by underscore Fancy. She is a subscription-based lock service in the city of Detroit, and she is currently accepting new clients. So please go and check her out. That's my girl. Say hey. She also yeah. looked like me, too. It's a little weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. But, yeah. Maybe y'all cousins. And we might be because we went to Western together and people always used to have conversations with her thinking she was me. Okay. And it was it used to be very strange because I'm like, I don't remember what you're talking about. And they'd be like, oh, that wasn't you. Yeah. Duh. Same. Me and Sequoia are like that. And I don't. Duh. I never thought me and her look that much alike, but apparently we do. Huh. Okay. So now we are in what's called the New Kids University. Okay. I forgot my topic. Uh huh. Right. See? Uh huh. That's why we have notes. So the New Kids University <laughs> is the chance for. Dr. Main, myself, and Dr. Shy to educate you, inform, enlighten, uh, engage, all that, all that good stuff. So my topic on this episode for New Kids University goes along the lines of customer service. Now, we've all seen um, Keith Lee and his Ooh. Atlanta Wars that mm. popped off on social media mm. uh, almost a month ago now. Um, and a big part of that conversation was customer service, whether it be, you know, at a small mom and pop restaurant or a more famous celebrity-based mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, and I, I want to stress to entrepreneurs, business owners, even nonprofits, service matters, customer mm-hmm. service matters, because you not only want the person that you're servicing to have a good experience, you want them to go back and tell people 
about their experience with you in a positive way so that it brings in new customers um, and, you know, helps to develop your brand. And it, we we saw on social media <laughs> how negative, um, you know, experiences in customer service can impact a business yeah. um, and how it can drive a conversation away from whatever it is that you expected your conversation to be. So even if you're starting out versus being 10 years in the game, you never want to lose sight of customer service customer service and giving that strong positive customer service experience to those who you're interacting with i actually saw a um, tweet earlier today that there are some type of like atlanta restaurant business owner district meeting type of thing <laughs> where they're all like going to come together and talk about all the stuff that keith lee exposed which could be good or bad like what damn it, they done figured this out okay, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta change it, our strategy you gotta, you gotta treat people with dignity be nice to the people the good thing like you know there could be some positives that come from that conversation but what i want people to realize is that just because you have the conversation that's not the end like yeah. that's the beginning you have to then go and do the work you can't mm-hmm. just talk about it you have to be about it and i think that's where a lot of people fall short because you know we've all gotten feedback surveys questionnaires mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. want to know how their service was but if you're not taking that information and learning from it and doing something with it why even ask because mm-hmm. that burns people out they're not going to want to continue to give feedback if they don't see that change and i, I think that I, I literally just thought about this as you were mentioning that there was a restaurant that i actually i personally like uh, in the city of Detroit, and I, I won't say the name because I don't want to shade the person. The owner was actually dope, super well trained, like chef. Like he he was solid. He could never find the right cast of people in order mm-hmm. to operate the restaurant, and the service always fell short. And he got that feedback, but then here in the city, people stopped going. And yeah. then when people stopped going, ain't no money to be made there. And then he was that somebody else got that restaurant now. Mm-hmm. So. I it, I wonder what the situation is going to look like now in Atlanta because they've been getting away with this for so long, mm-hmm. either because somebody is a celebrity who owns the place or mm-hmm. the food, maybe the food is that good. But like, I don't know, some places people, you know, they talk with their money and their feet and they like, yeah, I ain't got to be treated like this. I, I go elsewhere. Yeah, that's me. I'd be like, I'm out of here. But there used to be like a, um, a restaurant here that was like a soul food buffet and I forget where it was at, but pretty much everyone that he employed was an ex-con. That was like the whole like idea of his business. But when I tell you I've never had like such good customer service, like I had a good time in there every single time. But you would think like, okay, well maybe this is not gonna be the most service driven place, but it was amazing. So I think that it goes to show that when you really focus on the people, you focus on what you want your outcome to be and just treat people fairly, yeah. it will work. It's mm-hmm. not like Keith Lee walked in there like I want VIP service and all this food. Like he just said treat me like your other people. Like you got people sitting out in the car for three hours and then ain't got no let me tell you it ain't no that video on this earth that I'm <laughs> sitting in the car for three hours for. I'll tell you that right now. When he opened that video up and said, <laughs> as you can see, I have no food. <laughs> that right there told me all I needed to know. It was beautiful shade. Like, it was like shade masterclass. It was so nice. It was yeah. so it was just because it was in his normal tone, like normal facial expression. <laughs> but when he said it, you just knew like, oh, this is not. No, about he the started with his normal one. Like mm-hmm. I got it, let's rate it, and one through ten. It was like as you can see, I, I don't have any food. <laughs> I don't have any food. So, so I'm gonna be forced to give you a big old zero. Okay, <laughs> I don't you have any failed. Food. But it was, I, th- I think it was really a good um, 
thing to happen because eventually it's oh, gonna yeah. happen one way or the other. Yeah, because I mean, as you as we can see, this is not something that just started in Atlanta. Like people have been complaining about Atlanta restaurants for years. It's just never mm-hmm. been elevated to a platform as large as TikTok where other people felt empowered. And I think that's why so many people like Keith because he's relatable and he mm-hmm. can he empowers other people to be like, hey, that was my experience too. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And versus, you know, you just being a singular voice. Of course, if the food is good, that singular voice isn't going to make a dent because people are going to be like, well, that wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have a larger platform of voices saying y'all need to uh, reevaluate some things you know maybe that might inspire or spark some change i mean they already meeting so let's hope that something positive come out this meeting yeah i would say if you're like a small business consultant in atlanta now hey, is your time come up. okay now is your time get this out there is your time if you offer crisis management <laughs> okay pr please jump in there please like, where have all the pr people gone my god that part. do you remember when we used to have that segment and we were talking about like if you were the PR yes. uh, person for somebody and somebody asked us like what would we do if we was Chris Brown's PR person I was like besides quit quit like, <laughs> I don't know what you want hold on wait run it back real quick what would y'all do if y'all was the real milk and honey PR Ooh, person first of all before or after fighting the ex-husband okay cause the naming convention alone yeah. is petty in itself like that already tells me that you are not business or future minded mm-hmm. because what's the whole point of trying to separate yourself as a brand but then using the same name and mm-hmm. undermining that whole creative process. Like, that just started off on the wrong foot. Um, I also think that they could... <laughs> they went about their response a com- the complete wrong way. Yeah. They could have easily said, we appreciate Keith's feedback. We definitely understand. We're sorry that it happened this way. We are working towards improving and you know implementing some changes in the future with our staff, with our business model XYZ. To get on the internet... To get on... Blue Ivy's internet <laughs> and and pretend like you don't know who Keith Lee is. Crazy. Embarrassing. Crazy. And then to have your quote-unquote management team or whoever say something very offhanded mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just completely disrespectful because y'all, y'all didn't like the way he rated y'all business. That sounds like a personal problem to me. Yeah. And I would also, if I was, if I was milk and honey, I would make sure to make that separation very clear. And, and it's gotten so bad where like they were getting threats. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Like they, the milk and honey was getting threats from people who saw the real milk and honey's, you know, experience or feedback video mm-hmm. or whatever. And that right there just goes to show you that the whole situation is messy just on its own without Keith Lee even being involved. Mm-hmm. Like, this is sad that people getting death threats over chicken and waffles. Like, okay. is, it, is it ever like, that serious? Like, chicken and waffles already a crazy combo in itself. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk the about it. The fact that y'all gotta threaten somebody over chicken and waffles is mind-blowing. Like, yeah, these people are have horrible customer service tactics, but it should never get to the point of you threatening. And they, like, even people threatening Keith Lee and his family. Like, whoa, you like, mad? Do not know who he is? You, like, outside of rating food, he's a Clearly they didn't. Fighter, nobody, like, nobody did their homework. You get beat up. <laughs> like and, he, and like and he's from Detroit. Like let's be for and real, bro. Detroit. Like let's be for real. That's enough. That, that's enough but right there. To to take it so far as y'all are mad that he came to Atlanta and told the truth to places that he was invited to or were recommended to go to is a while back to be in. Definitely. And I think too, like if I was um milk and honey if I was their PR rep or consultant, I would recommend a name change. <laughs> Just because the damage is done. The yeah, damage that, is yeah. done at this point. That should have been done years ago. Yes. yes. 
Especially like when it was like more stuff coming out about like how the owner treats the employees and yeah. taking money out the cash register and all you're doing so much. Just start over. <laughs> you already got the building, just change just, name. You know, rebrand. No. How about this? Go to therapy. Okay. Let's, let's start Hello. There. That's it. Hello. You might not be the best person or the best version of yourself, I should say. <laughs> Go see the lady. Learn and grow. <laughs> the lady is waiting. She is right there for you. What they say, love and light. Hey. <laughs> Hopefully they got the insurance to cover the therapy because that could be a whole other thing. Mm, if mm, somebody's mm, taking mm, money mm. off the register, I doubt that they're offering benefits to their employees. Okay. But that's just... I'm go, we're not wrong. talking about the HR right. side today. Okay. I, mean, I put on my work hat, my badge off. All right. So my topic is about micromanagement and about how much I hate it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Honest question. Who likes to be micromanaged? I feel like there's a there may be a very small... Mm-hmm group of people who just need that constant breathing down the neck but the majority yeah. of the workforce I feel like has never been like yay micromanage me I was going to say me. I think that nobody would ever admit to saying oh I would like to be micromanaged or I, I like that but I think that people it's some people that need it for sure oh yeah unfortunately there's some people that need it for sure and if I'm on a project for example if I've not done what I'm supposed to do then I'm not going to give you no problems with micromanaging me because I know I haven't done what I'm supposed to do and I need to get it together I have no problems holding myself accountable Um, but I also think that part of like my personal life plays a role in how I work in corporate America Um, I was raised as an only child so leave me alone I'm okay I'm a okay. I'm gonna get the project done. We're gonna we're gonna do what needs to be done. But I think when leaders take that micromanaging approach, um, they're doing more damage to themselves. They're adding more to their plates than what they need. Um, and burnout is real for everybody. Just because you're a leader doesn't mean that you're exempt from being burnt out. Like, and I was it's gonna, gonna say, like micromanaging often shows the insecurities of the leader versus mm-hmm. the the proficiency of the team. Absolutely. Because clearly that leader has some things that they need to work out as it relates to trust, as it relates to delegation. Mm-hmm. If you don't have trust in your people, that's something that you need to talk about separate from the work and you need to figure out. Because if you continue to employ those micromanaging tactics, more than likely you're going to continue to see a high rate of turnover with mm-hmm. your team. You're not going to get people who are constantly dedicated to doing the work and not um, you know, not wanting to leave because they're always going to feel like you're watching over their shoulder. And there's a difference between being on somebody's shoulder, offering help, offering assistance, offering guidance, and then stepping back versus I feel like you don't trust me with mm-hmm. whatever it is that you've given me to do. So how do you if, expect me to complete it proficiently if you were doubting me? Because now I'm a doubting. And now we just Absolutely. doubt me. Everybody doubt. Mm-hmm. And nobody's working. Right. And no, none of the work is getting done. The <laughs> right. project is getting pushed to the side. So I think that just when it comes to managing a team, um, you really got to get to know your team, know who's good at what, know who's not good at certain mm-hmm. things. That mm-hmm. way, when you do delegate, um, you're not going to run into this, or you shouldn't run into the situations where you have to micromanage. Right. And, th- and that gives you an opportunity to identify strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And maybe where someone may be, so where someone is weaker, someone else is stronger, you can pair them up and they can learn from each other. Or, you know, because you don't want to always continue to put the same thing on the same people because that's also how people get burnt out. But that's an opportunity for you to develop someone's skills, develop their, you know, proficiencies. And maybe that's a way for you to determine they might not be the best fit if that's not something that they're strong in that you would mm-hmm. like them to be strong in. That's the truth to you right there. Period. Like, get them out of here. So yeah, we learned y'all something. Yay. Like I we take, always do. Take our knowledge, apply it, 
And then pay us. And pay us. Milk and honey, if you need some help. Mm-mm. Don't come over don't here. Don't call me, but uh, <laughs> reach out to your local, okay. <laughs> your local consultants and entrepreneurs. Okay. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Cause I, if it involves me coming to Atlanta, cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even yeah. get no food without waiting okay, three hours. Okay, baby. Listen, because one thing we're going to do is eat. And if we can't do that, Okay. I'd be at KFC so fast. Okay, get lost. <laughs> Against my will, I'd Listen, be. Listen, McDonald's <laughs> Universal. Hello. <laughs> I will be right at the local McDonald's. Can I get a fish sandwich? Extra cheese. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you got zero issues with customer service. Hello. Okay. Listen, I know, I know what I'm walking into. I, I already know what it is. I already know what the deal is. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for our lightning round. We're going to put Denzel on the spot. You ready? Yes. All right. So we're going to give you 30 seconds, but really nobody's counting. So I'm about to say. do what you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. East side or west side? West side. Favorite Coney Island? Uh, I'll probably go with L. George's. That's the one I go to the most. All right. If you're taking someone on a tour of Detroit, what food place are you going to take them to first? What food place? We definitely have to hit a Coney Island. We got to go. We have to go to. That's not American or Lafayette. Correct. We have to go to. <laughs> you don't go to a Coney Island or a Coney Island. You go to the, the Coney. The a Coney. Yeah. And that yeah. is your local neighborhood Coney Island for anybody that's not in Michigan or familiar with Detroit. Sorry, you missing out. Exactly. Ameri- if somebody asks you which one is the better Coney Island, American or Lafayette, and you say neither, then that's that's the that's the proper answer. Okay. If you pick one. We got to have a different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I'm taking them to the Coney Island, um, the best one in the in the neighborhood that I can find. All right. So, next question. I don't know when this would ever actually happen, but you never know. You're in a dance battle for your life, okay? <laughs> are you going to hit roll or are you going to jig? If the aliens <laughs> drop hey, down, hey, if the aliens hey. drop down in Detroit today, and they snatch me up and they say this, these, this the choice that you got. I'm they, going they with. They plan it's time for the percolator. It's time yeah. for the percolator. Yeah. I'm jitting. I'm jitting because then you just, you just let your feet take over. You ain't, yes. you ain't really got to think. You know, like I feel like hip rolling would uh, slow down the process, and then like that's hard to speed up. It's hey, better I don't slow know, down, man. but if you hey. got to speed it up. Then it's, uh, I feel like it's just, it's easier to go ahead and just <laughs> jet and just let your feet do the work. <sighs> okay. Best Fago flavor. Best Fago flavor. Um, so I had to, I had some time to think about this. <laughs> and I think that that's tough. I, I might have to go, I might have to go orange. Okay. I might have to go choice. orange, and then if not orange, it might be what's the, what's the blue what's the blue one called? What is it? Blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. Blue raspberry, blue raspberry might be it. Now okay. that I think, just think about all that because the other ones are like real like super sweet, but that one has like yeah. a bit of like it got that uh, like a, a bit of sour, like a little bit not as sweet. But a personal favorite of mine that I grew up on was uh, cream soda. That's that's one I used to I used to like. But if Absolutely I had to go, with what's the best? <laughs> If I had to go with what's the best, I'll probably say it might be it might be that uh, the blue one. I have a related question, and it's, I just thought about this. Uh-oh. Have y'all? No, it's not bad. I'm scared. Have y'all ever had a cold fago? Like y'all know? Okay, so the reason I ask this is because, like, let's take Hawaiian Punch or Sunny D for example. Mm-hmm. You can put either of those drinks in the coldest refrigerator or freezer you can think of. Pull it out. It's not cold. <laughs> <laughs> It could be in an ice box that Omarion was singing about. <laughs> it ain't cold. And then I'm like, 
Have I ever had like a really cold Fago? I have. I don't know if I had a really cold Fago or if I drank it on a really hot day. That's see, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> has do does Fago get cold? Cold? I don't know. I don't know. It's a red dye and B number five anyway. <laughs> I don't, so it's, it yeah, don't matter. It's, it's not good for you. It's all a science experiment. <laughs> at the end of the day, all of the stuff that causes cavities. That was okay. hilarious. That 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 made me think. Like, see, that, hello. The okay. more you know. All right. Well, now we're going to allow for Denzel to introduce himself. So give us a little bit about your business and what you do, but not too much because we're going to get in your business through the rest of the questions. For sure. So in short, my name is Denzel. I'm a marketing professional by day. I'm a podcast host by night, the host of the Black Fridays podcast, where I look to spotlight different dope black-owned creatives, business owners, and professionals who are making an impact in their communities through their business so that's a, a little bit about me for now perfect okay all right so how did you come up with the idea for your podcast uh i came up with the idea for black fridays during the uh 2020 pandemic when all the civil unrest was going on with the george floyd situation and there was a call out for Black Tuesday or Blackout Tuesday where they said only support black owned businesses. This is just, you know, everybody was Instagram activists at the time. So <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was following suit. And uh, I mean, I always like supporting black businesses. Mm-hmm. That's just um, a, a passion of mine in general. But uh, during this time, I just started thinking in my mind, like, well, playing around with the idea of Black Fridays and why it, how. Why not support black business every Friday? It's just kind of mm-hmm. like playing around with the idea. So that was maybe like in June or July. Uh, I believe George Floyd happened in June, I want to say. And then so fast forward, um, I had moved uh, to the West Coast to, for work. And then I had decided that I wanted to start an Instagram live series for not jumping directly into podcasting, but wanted to start interviewing people within my circle who I knew were entrepreneurs. I had their own business ventures going on and I knew that was dope and wanted to really just put the spotlight on them so that people can be able to go and support and uh, patron them. So started that. I did the Instagram live shows for maybe a little bit over a year and I wanted to switch over to the podcasting platform so I could service more businesses. And I think I started with... I, Maybe they like ran off six interviews before I even uh, posted my first one mm-hmm. in the podcasting format, and then I just been going from there, trying to trying to keep up with a, a weekly schedule to the to the best of my ability, but really just trying to showcase as many dope people that I've been able to connect with, have been connected with, and so forth. Nice. So you kind of mentioned this a little bit. Uh, what does your schedule look like? Uh, posting new episodes weekly with you, you know, doing your day job and having the podcast. Yeah, weekly weekly is definitely tough, but the way that I look at it is being accountable to myself for something and then having to hold myself to a certain level of consistency and then more importantly, the bigger message and broader um, mission overall to be able to have people a lot put fresh black businesses, creatives, so forth in front of people so that they can be able to learn more about them, learn more about the person behind the brand because people do business with people and not... Uh, businesses so mm-hmm. how can we continue to keep that fresh and it's, it's so many opportunities and so many different stories out there so how can we keep those going how can we inspire people who may be considering to uh, do their own thing and let them hear somebody's story and be inspired by that or it's just like think black first i think that's the the big message at the end of the day of course you know is it 
we're not in a position to be able to, I mean, you might be able to live a sustainable lifestyle only utilizing black owned businesses, stuff like that. Um, but how can we get, how can we start to think black first? Like if you can get at household items from black owned businesses or just mm-hmm. things that you like in general, like instead of going to Macy's, Target, the mall, Amazon, whatever, how can I buy from this black owned business? Because, you know, we, we got a lot of uh, dope stuff and are making waves out here. So let's, let's support our own. And I think you bring up an interesting point too, that I, I feel like I've seen somewhere on social media or just the concept of how to sustainably live your life through like a black owned lens Uh, so I think people have tried to take that challenge on and of course as years grow and we continue to move that universe of black owned evolves and grows with you know new products and services but I I definitely think it's a really interesting concept to kind of look at your life and see where I'm supporting Mm -hmm. actively uh, throughout black owned businesses and how I can expand on that right yeah I always think too about like a lot of People uh, with less melanin or none, uh, <laughs> they they are like you know why are black businesses so important or why is it so you know such a big deal to know that it's from somebody black? And I always think about like what if we had to live life without things invented by black people? Oh, it would we would not we would, mm. we would die first of all because yeah. traffic lights. Okay, <laughs> I mean the medical Fact. devices, traffic lights, mm-hmm. but. It's so it's it's so crazy because that's always such an interesting contrast where on one end you'll have the majority tell you oh you need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps you need to rely on your own community you need to look inward blah 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 but then when we do that and we lean on black owned businesses and we lean on black owned funders there's always this um, contradicting message of well you can't do that because now that's discriminatory or yeah, okay. that's not fair <laughs> and it's just wild to see how how our black people or minorities period supposed to survive and thrive in a world where we're getting these conflicting messages to say no you should do this well actually no you can't do that because that's this yeah it's a lot it, it can be a lot but I, that's why I think like shows like yours are important where we're where you're highlighting you know mm-hmm. black businesses and giving black businesses the opportunity that they sometimes don't get mm-hmm. just because they're black which is mm-hmm. absolutely wild yep <laughs> So you mentioned earlier about um, how when you first started, it was because of like some of the social media trends and social social justice or social injustice, should I say. Um, so how do you stay in tune with the trends, especially um, in this day and age of social media? Um, TikTok, TikTok has been a, a big help to me. That's like a YouTube junior to me. Yes. And I'm mm-hmm. a huge YouTube fan and I go on there and I watch all types of stuff. Like I randomly be like, oh, I want to learn about what all new stuff the iPhone do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on there like listening to podcasts constantly, like learning and looking for that type of content. So that's how I stay tuned to trends, primarily TikTok because it's it's shorter form. Mm-hmm. And then it's also you can just kind of see like how people are curating their content, how they're thinking about content, um, how to make it more catchy, things like that. Because I also put a lot of effort into uh, my social media page mm-hmm. as well and my shorter form content in addition to the podcast. So want to always bring people to the long form, but then knowing that the short form will help them. It's more digestible and help them be more uh, attentive to the people that I'm trying to spotlight and bring attention to as well. So I just try to stay abreast of things like that. And then also um, different conversations and try to get in rooms with folks like yourselves or other entrepreneurs, people who are uh, in, in business, um, 
in the tech community, things like that, just to understand like what's on the horizon, what's coming up. And then really just challenge myself to, I guess, stretch my brain a little bit and learn something new and, mm-hmm. you know, meet people who may have different type of businesses, like people who code, like I don't code or mm-hmm. things like that. Just anything that I can learn more about and just be able to challenge myself to continue to expand my horizon. Uh, that I like to try to put myself in those type of positions. You know, you bring up something interesting too that I just thought about as it relates to like TikTok and the just the visual media that we have today. And it's crazy to see how the world has evolved with how we consume information. Because if y'all think back to when we were kids, you know, of course there was Google, but if you had a question, you would go to Axe G's. You know, like, I used to put so much random and stuff it would just in be there. The random stuff. But I, re- I remember seeing something recently where um, they were saying that TikTok is, I think, becoming either the second or somewhere in the top five place that people seek out information outside of mm-hmm. like Google or mm-hmm. other, you know, larger search entrance uh, engines. And it's it's a fascinating phenomenon because. It's like, yes, TikTok can be a great avenue for people to seek information because there are so many different ways to consume information and mm-hmm. you know, people can present that information and ideas and all of these different concepts. But then you look at the other negative side of that where you have things like misinformation and how our, uh, how our society has devolved from true fact-based information mm-hmm. or fact-based um, avenues to deliver information. And honestly, if you put like a certain type of font or text over a black image, you could get the internet to believe half of it. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's we have to be more critical of how we consume information, but we also like the way we consume information is evolving so quickly that sometimes it's hard to be critical because mm-hmm. you don't realize you're consuming it until you are, yeah. you know? I think what one of my favorite things about social media now is like you mentioned how there's certain areas where you have like shorter videos or you know where to go to get the longer content because like for me my attention span is not that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying that's why I love TikTok. Like, I'm like yeah. it's it, listen you got about thirty five <laughs> seconds to say what you gonna say to me. <laughs> But I do like that, you know, there's different avenues to be able to get podcasting across. um, And it's access. Like, Mm -hmm. think about, you know, we... Uh, of course, we've seen things like we all know about Rodney King and what happened in the nineties. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I feel like with the from twenty twenty until now, all of the like inequalities and injustices that Black people have faced when it comes to the police, it's almost like with um, social media platforms like TikTok, uh, YouTube, Vine, Twitter, that just exploded because so mm-hmm. many people had the opportunity to engage and visualize it versus without those platforms it would just be confined to a small community Mm -hmm. you know absolutely I forgot I was the one asking the question yes yes you are sorry y'all my bad it happens I just told y'all my attention span short (laughs) All right. so (laughs) what is something about podcasting that caught you by surprise and how do you handle it I would say the amount of time and effort that goes into production because it's not contrary to what people think it's not as easy as just going and sitting down in front of a mic and then walking away when you're done with your conversation Mm -hmm. that's not especially if you are independent if you're not you don't have network support or even a spot to record in Mm -hmm. it's it's way more labor intensive than um i anticipated but I don't necessarily mind it because I, I like creating, like I like editing, I like listening back to the episodes and knowing that I'm putting together a, a 
piece of work and then being able to put that out there and then see how people receive it and just try to put my best foot forward and getting them to be interested in it. So I don't necessarily mind the work. Um, I mean, if I did, I wouldn't still be podcasting. That <laughs> wouldn't be a, a thing for me. I wouldn't be over 50 episodes in it at this point. So um, yeah, I think that it, it's a labor of love is, is mm-hmm. what they call it. But that's what took me more so by surprise. Like, oh, it take this long to edit a video? Like, mm-hmm. why? And then, okay, I was able to edit it in 30 minutes, but then why is it taking five hours to render in this program? So mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, it's always always something, but it's, it's rewarding at the end of the day. I, I don't care if nobody likes it or views it. I, I try not to get caught up in, mm-hmm. in that type of stuff in terms of, like, numbers and all that type of stuff, but more just knowing that I put my best foot forward, that's what I truly care about. I like that. We're we're kind of similar <laughs> in that area. Like it's like okay, we're doing this for a purpose, and mm-hmm. as long as I, we feel like we're fulfilling that purpose, I think that's. Good I enough. wish more people would adapt that concept because we wouldn't have so many horrible podcast takes that go yeah, viral just, on social media every day. Everybody don't deserve a podcast mic or <laughs> video. Some ideas. A platform. Yes. Freedom yeah. of speech, yes, but some of that speech don't need to be free. Yeah, <laughs> right. Put a leash on that. Okay. <laughs> you gotta make y'all start paying for Wi Fi. Okay. Again. <laughs> Listen, we need some background checks on some of these podcast mics. Some of y'all need minifone. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it'd be, it be making me like hesitant to get behind certain podcasts because I'm like, as soon as I start to like them, they're gonna do something stupid. And I'm gonna be like, well, that was short lived, but. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's, it's wild to see how so many podcast these days recycle social media content or conversations for shock value yeah instead of generating their yeah. own conversation or adding something positive to mm-hmm. the narrative it's like you see something on twitter go viral and then the next thing you know you see a podcast talking about that same scenario and situation and it's mm-hmm. like you really couldn't think of nothing else to talk about why right. we talking so about 200 dollars yeah. dates if if we had a two hundred dollar date conversation one more time, that's still a thing. That yes. was like, yes. man, that was like conversation two thousand fifteen, sixteen. You, you'd be surprised. It comes back every like six months. Mm-hmm. Spend how much you want to spend on the date. Okay. Hey, do what you want to do. Yeah, if you, hey, if you got it like that, and you like God the person, you. yeah, and you want to make a good impression, do whatever you need to Just do to make, make sure that person date. like you back. Hello, that's, that's all. Make sure you ain't got it. Don't try to pretend that you got it. Also, make sure you ain't. Don't be be, don't be borrowing the two hundred dollars to go on the date. Let's <laughs> okay. let's start there. There's a lot of things you can do that's, that's that's for free. Okay, or Listen. or less than. That. Be genuine. How about that? Be genuine. Because I don't care how much you spend on date. I don't like you. I ain't gonna like you. People won't even let you take them to the cheesecake factory. What makes you think that you gonna get? A good investment going on two hundred dollars okay. a day, and inflation high. So I feel like <laughs> okay. you got to be real intentional about your dates. You know, as a person who would actively, if you're actively pursuing dating, be intentional, be Please. mindful. You know, understand your purpose in dating. Everybody's not looking for the same thing through their dating journey. Because mm-hmm. you can spend two hundred dollars if y'all go grocery shopping. Okay, hello. Because <laughs> I mean, if we get to the root of it, some people just be hungry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Some people just be hungry. Hello. That's why they're on these dates. They're like, I ain't know I was going to eat, but I'm glad you slid my okay. DM. And they like, this man that messaged me 78 times. I'm going to go I'm ahead and hungry right now. Like, what up, dog? I'm guarding the fire, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we got to do better. And then you go get somebody on a podcast to be like, if she really love you, she would go to date you for $2. Mm. If she really love you, she paying for the date. Okay, okay. <laughs> How do we I get? saw something that said, Grand Hill made Tamia pay for the first date, and I was like, "Ooh, bless God her, bless him." <laughs> bless wait, her hold on, wait, wait. That, that's not too far fetched. She might have been more popping than he was at that point in time. 
Was he still? Was he retired he was or was he still playing? No, he, no, he was, was still playing. playing when they met. It was yeah. early in his career, okay, so she yeah, might have so. been. She might have been the star. Yeah, she she might have had the money. Okay, but it was like the way at least it was presented. I have no idea if it's true because I didn't fact check anything. <laughs> but it was like as if he was putting her to some type of test. I hate that. Oh, I hate oh, that okay. scenario. Okay. And I don't because if like you feel that. like you got to test me on a date, we not we not gonna work. I'm gonna tell you right now. Look, take, take the money out of it. Go find okay. something to do for free or okay. that costs uh, uh, insignificant amount of money. And yeah, take take try to take that out of it. Like, and get to know the person. And be smart about it. Like I my mom always taught me, like, if you're gonna go on a date, make sure you have the money in case your date doesn't to cover <laughs> yeah, yourself. Hello. <laughs> but this whole idea of trying to test your test somebody for them to quote unquote pass, like, okay, then what? Are you giving them another test? Like what's what's the goal here? They Why are you testing me? One. Is this the meat? Like I'm so confused. <laughs> They're testing people because they seen it on TikTok. Did, I blame and, George and Bush. I, this is all George okay. Bush fault. Okay? <laughs> he left all these children behind and now look. Look at where we are. They should have stayed where they was at and can't now, even add up to two hundred dollars but they worried about two hundred dollars Okay. <laughs> they can't even figure out how to tip on a okay. <laughs> on a receipt. Okay. Like carry the one. <laughs> Let's get to the root of the problem. <laughs> Everything is George Bush's fault. Okay. I blame boomers. He doesn't like black people. <laughs> okay. All right. So, back at the ranch. What has been your favorite episode to host so far? <clears throat> so, I think that I have a few um, that stick out. And the first one, the first one I mentioned is when I got a chance to interview Charity Ward. And mm-hmm. that one was super dope to me. And of course, not to, yeah, I feel like, I don't feel like I've had a bad interview yet. And I've been blessed in, in that sense because every conversation I've been able to have, I've been able to put out and, and uh, have it well received and have a good conversation with the person I was interviewing. But uh, the couple that stick out to me, I'll tell you why. So Charity Ward, because I didn't know her. We had no rapport. We've been in some of the same places before. I was familiar with some of her music, but not really. But I did um, had not too long before that, a couple of months, I listened to all of her projects. I'm like, man, she's super talented, super dope. So uh, I had just reached out to her on a whim. She said that she was looking to work with different people and to reach out to her. And she agreed to do the interview. And when we talked, the flow of this interview is more so like we were catching up versus uh, or getting to know each other, just having more so of a conversation versus like an interview type of interview. And I'm trying to like extract cool information, information out of her. Yeah. yeah, and she was super vulnerable just in terms of her journey, where she was in her career, what she was trying to do, how she was trying to expand. And uh, that was that was super dope. And currently, that is my most watched interview um, on my YouTube channel. So that one definitely is um, near and dear. And then also one that I uh, really enjoyed and appreciated was talking to Gail Perry Mason and somebody who has been a staple in the mm-hmm. Detroit community for decades and I've all, I've known her through my relationship with going to school with one of her sons that always have like been in different circles and spaces where she's been there but never knew truly what she did for work and I mm-hmm. knew that it was important and I just really wanted to get the, the business nerd in me wanted to get the breakdown of what is it that you do, how do you do it, how have you been doing it for so long mm-hmm. and there, your reasoning for wanting to do this for the community and the impact that you have because she has a super dope um, 
program that she has for young kids, yeah. uh, a nonprofit, uh, Money Matters for Youth that she does, her annual thing, and, and doing her summer camps with them for years. She just really wanted to get that breakdown of how are you doing these things and um, how do you how do you work, how do you operate. So those two stick out to me uh, immediately. But like I said, everybody who's been on the show, I've been blessed to uh, have great conversations with Instagram Live back then when the show was uh, in its infancy stage all the way until now. Nice. Now, Jermaine, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's your favorite host or guest on The New Kids? Um, okay. And so, don't pick mine. I don't know who yours is because I can't read your mind. So you should have went first. Mine. You should have went first. <laughs> um, so I actually was thinking about this uh, because, of course, we've done, this is season seven. So we've had a lot of guests. We've had a lot of people come on. I will say that um, a lot of our guests have given us a lot of things to think about, mm-hmm. shared a lot of impactful journeys. But I think my probably my favorite episode was our episode with Parrish. Okay. You didn't pick mine. Okay. Job. See. <laughs> um, so if you don't know Parrish, pardon me P and he's back. And yes. Shout out to the show. It's Are back. Are you back on? Yeah. Yep, it's okay. back. It's back. Um so he is a character. He is a mm-hmm. he has a very boisterous and <laughs> you know, very um his personality is very big, mm-hmm. but his mind and how he is able to articulate um, in regards to certain issues, I think it's very important. It's a very mm-hmm. important voice to have for our generation because we don't have a lot of people who have that type of voice and know how to use it. And I think Absolutely. with our Epsian, you know, when we did our episode, I want to say that was during the pandemic, so it was like mm-hmm. a, a virtual episode to seeing where the show has grown, seeing how his voice has grown, and where he continues to take his show and his ideas. Um, I'm definitely proud of Parrish, and I really that was a really good episode for me. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed his episode. I think he was probably one of the guests that I really didn't know much about, so mm-hmm. it was it was fun being on the show with him, and then. Uh, coming across his show and his social media, I was like, oh, this is great. This is hilarious. I be friends with him. Because it's, it's not just that his show is funny. It's He has a message and mm-hmm. he delivers his message so well that you don't even realize you are taking in a message yeah. because it's, it's so like, his, his wit is just very quick. And I, anybody that can make me laugh, I, like, we're good. And I yeah. feel like he does a good job of... Um, Intertwining, I guess, like social justice with comedy, comedy mm-hmm. reality, it all just kind of Life, flows. Yeah. yeah, and his editing, oh, it's, it's hilarious. Like he has a video response for everything, and I love that. Um, if I had to pick a favorite episode, I'm gonna pick two because they they were they're working together now. So I'm gonna pick two. I already um, know who you're picking, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Raphael and Barry. Their episodes were uh, very fun for for me because, for one, I didn't know much about either of their businesses. And then it kind of opened up um, different relationships, I guess. So, like, we partnered with Raphael on one of our uh, brunch and budget events. uh, events. So, that was fun. Um, Obviously, we we buy stuff from Barry (laughs) as I'm sitting here with his hoodies. Um, So, yeah, those those two were were pretty dope and they were pretty fun to be a part of. Um, let's see. So what are your future plans for your show? Do you plan to tour, YouTube, different venues? What what do you got planned? Yeah, I do plan to do a tour. Um, I ball in sometime next spring in order to do that. And really that would just more so be getting out in the community and getting a group of people together and going to pull up on some of these black owned businesses and possibly, you know, try to 
do some type of uh, activities there and, or based out of there. So that is definitely on the horizon. I'm saying it on here so I can hold myself accountable to it uh, in the more immediate future because I am so serious about patron patronizing and working with black owned businesses myself and my wife uh for our wedding we were able to use like i want i keep saying like 95 percent, 98 percent black owned businesses there maybe was two vendors that wasn't black owned mm-hmm. and so being intentional about that we're gonna we're doing a series where we're interviewing some of our wedding vendors and uh getting sharing their stories talking about how it was to be able to work with us and really just be able to broadcast um those wonderful folks that was able to help our make our day a very special day. So that's coming real soon. And let me see if there's anything else. Um, just as far as like uh, on the horizon, want to continue to try to expand on different conversational topics and possibly entertain doing like some panel discussions. So similar to what y'all did and how we talked about the whole Keith Lee situation, mm-hmm. maybe just getting, you know, a crew of two to three people and just having discussions about the things that impact black businesses directly. So that's something I, I would like to do as well. That's awesome. I think it's really amazing that you all were able to have 95% or 98% black vendors. Because yeah. that's something that I feel like it's kind of hit or miss when it comes to event planning. Um, a lot of people are hesitant to go with black businesses just because of like negative, I guess, perception. perception. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's awesome. And I can't wait to hear uh, from those businesses. So have you been able to build any partnerships with some of the businesses featured on your podcast? Um, yes. So in, in by way of, so to speak. So, uh, a guest that I had way early in the podcast, I'm, I'm grateful to this day. I don't know how much she knows it, but I'm grateful to this day that she did it because this is also a person I did not know from the uh, can of paint from the next person walking down the street. And I literally reached out. I enjoyed her content on social media. thought it was super dope. Saw what she was doing in terms of teaching other folks like the methods and things like that to create video content, socially Chrissy and her doing a podcast. She's the only guest to be on twice now. And, uh, the first episode she did for me like two, almost three years ago and, uh, just did it off the of, off of love. We had a great conversation, built a relationship. And through that, I was able to uh, form a relationship with Bamboo Detroit and mm-hmm. uh, being able to work and record out of their um, podcasting room and then also host some events for them, which has been uh, really dope. So that's the one of the partnerships I've been able to form throughout my time frame in uh, utilizing the show. And um, yeah, if anybody's out there listening, y'all rock with the new kids and y'all plan on working with them. Um, you know, definitely work with them first. But <laughs> if you're also interested in uh, working with Black Fridays, I would love to be able to uh, open that discussion as well. So, yeah, definitely looking to uh, however I can be able to continue to elevate these businesses, these folks that I'm talking to on the show. That's what it's about at the end of the day for me and whatever that looks like in terms of elevation and broadcasting that. Uh, definitely want to be able to partner with anyone who is interested in, in helping me do that. So we talked about a little bit about, you know, we live in an age of influence. Um, how do you think that what you do with your podcast can have a positive influence on your peer group, not just in the city, but on a grander scale? Um, the first thing that I think about, I think subconsciously or inadvertently, I think about just being able to commit to something that allows you to utilize things that you are either interested in, that you feel like you are good at, 
and or that you may not get a chance to normally express. So all of us, like sitting on this podcast, we have nine to five jobs. Obviously, mm-hmm. those pay the bills. And because we are talented and skilled in other areas or in certain areas, but it transfers to that particular job or title or role that we have, you know, we do that, that, that keeps the lights on. But in terms of being able to spread your wings and uh, really dig into like what your zone of genius is and what you feel like you are God gifted with or talented at, or you just been building up the skill, um, being able to influence people in that regard and to go out and explore and really just give it a try. Like I said, the show is a way for me to, two things that I get out of it is the opportunity to network and meet new folks and expand my horizon that way. And then also being able to flex my creative muscles. So Mm -hmm. learning how to do certain things, social media, uh, sound and audio editing, video editing, uh, graphic design, like all those type of things that I'm interested in and then having to flex that muscle, all those muscles with this particular show. So that's how I would like to be influential to uh, either my peers or people who pay attention to anything that I'm doing, like commit to something, find something to commit to that you don't necessarily give enough time to and just go out there and go after it. At least at the end of the day, try it because then it helps you move on to the next thing and get closer to what it is that you probably really should be doing and investing your time in. So, and this doesn't have to be specifically to podcasting. It can be in any realm that you operate in. Uh, If you could be remembered for one thing in this lifetime, what would it be? Uh, If it was just one thing that I would like to be remembered for is somebody who always did their best to elevate the people and help the people around them or be able to influence as many people as I can by either being, uh, with number one, being a, a, a good husband, being a good brother, being a good family member, like those type of things, being there, listening to people, uh, being able to uh, be a, a sounding board or however I can assist within, within reason, being able to help folks, that's how I would like to be remembered. Somebody who treated people fairly, uh, gave them a shot, and you know, elevated them in whatever way that I could. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit in your future plans, but I want to narrow it down a little bit to like a more smaller window. Where do you see Black Fridays as a brand, as a podcast, as a YouTube you know, show over the next five years? Over the next five years, I see Black Fridays expanding into a media production company, uh, whether that looks like podcasting, creating video content, audio content, things of that nature, really being able to come become a media engine in order to help mark, better market and broadcast these Black-owned businesses and their stories and really be an incubator or a supporter or spark plug for these businesses and ideas that that people have. So, for example, I have ambitions to be able to do like some type of small micro-grant for Black-owned businesses in the future and things like that. So, that's where I see the podcast heading in the future. Um, Really, probably more so the brand. I don't want to limit it to a podcast, but, you know, I also don't want to minimize the the Mm -hmm. power and impact Mm -hmm. of a podcast as well so I would probably say go on the, the media production route and you you bring up an interesting topic the influence that Detroit has on just the global culture whether it be fashion music um, you know movies television and the question always arises about well why does talent always leave Detroit why can't we keep talent here and you brought up a really interesting point about um, 
seeing your brand as a media engine and, and moving that conversation. And I think it's really valuable to have something like that be a part of our community and our landscape, especially coming from millennial voices, because we are starting to evolve and grow and take power. And we need to be able to pour back into our community and keep people here and see what those resources are, you know, that are here. So where, you know, with the idea of what it is that you want to do, where do you see your brand Black Fridays as a part of that conversation? Um, I see it as being able to spark some different ways to be able to tell stories about not only the city of Detroit, but black businesses. And how do we be able to positively influence the narrative surrounding black businesses? And I think that uh, they get a lot of flack for things that small businesses go through in general. So, you know, people always talk about customer service and things like that. Like, that's why I can't support black-owned businesses. That's mm-hmm. typically the mm-hmm. case nine times out of ten with any small business. Like, yeah. people don't have their paperwork in order. Or people don't mm-hmm. answer the phone. They don't respond to emails. All those type of things because you usually have one, Person, two, a yeah. few people that are operating everything. But because it's black-owned or minority-owned, it's under a different microscope. And so... That I want to be able to change the narrative around that and just find different and creative ways to tell those unique stories because everybody has a story to how how they got to where they got and really just more so I want to tap in with the people who are doing things from a, a community lens or looking to continue to help move this thing forward. So either reaching back and helping out younger folks or really just trying to push that community forward. That's what I'm all about. Um, if we can leave this place a better place than we found it, then I feel like we did our job. And so that's I want to be able to help with that that mission. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really interesting how Detroiters and Detroit voices can influence a landscape like we everything yeah everything but we talk about like using platforms like Tubi where Detroit has taken over in terms of film um, and content and it's so Mm -hmm. crazy because people don't look at Tubi as a change maker or like as a strong voice in uh, streaming platforms but Tubi was one of the only streaming platforms to really take a chance on Detroit Mm -hmm. creators yeah so and I want to say they had like almost like a series it may have been earlier this year for Black History Month where they specifically focused on black voices. So, you know, utilizing those platforms, educating people on resources, showing people how to build their network across, not just up, not just down, talking to those around you and, you know, working to build that community is definitely something that we, I think, we try to do at the New Kids. And it's clear that that's something in your your branding that you would like to continue as well. Yep, absolutely. And and I I, uh, thought about how it takes the work that we're doing, the work that the new kids, Black Friday is, is doing different creatives out there, uh, like Robert Courtney and Associates, who created CreatorCon, Murder Payne, who is the the pioneer of what Detroit films and that culture mm-hmm. looks like right now. It takes those that type of work and those type of people to believe in their visions and their ideas and then to actually get out here and, and do it so that we can continue to change the narrative around Detroit, change the narrative around uh, our people, mm-hmm. our communities and things like that. And then also um, helping people lean more into their dreams and what they feel like they, they're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that with, like, we've been podcasting for quite a long time. 
And one of the things that we noticed, like when we first came onto the scene, there was a lot of like clicks when it came to Detroit creatives. And I think that now, I mean, it's still kind of the still same. Still is, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but there's more people that different. are working across. Yeah, um, yeah, or you, people who are not afraid to operate outside of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, and I think it's probably changed a little bit because now. You can't gatekeep me. Yeah. And yeah. so if I got a fire show, if I got fire content, and if I got all these type of brand deals, stuff like that, you can't stop me from sparking up my idea. I'm going to find a way I, to Yeah, get. I can find a way to do it. Beforehand, you might have to go through X, yeah. Y, and Z production company to mm-hmm. have to do certain things or certain people. You had to know the right people and things like that. Still a little bit of that, but you can't deny it. If, I was able, yeah. if I'm able to find a following and have a following over here, you can't, you can't yeah. tell me like I, I'm not good enough yet or uh, put a pause on anything that I'm doing. And yeah. I think a lot of people have this perception of okay, if I say no, they're not going to seek out that information from somebody else Then when that's not the case mm-hmm. now. You know, people have access to so much where you got to realize you you may think that you're shutting something down and saying no, but they could go easily go to somebody else doing the same thing and get an open door that way. So we have to be re- really critical in terms of how we are engaging one another in a positive direction and helping to elevate each other and other people around us in our community to, you know, reach higher areas and, you know, expand their brand for sure. Yeah. I think when it comes to media, Detroit is really doing a good job of putting ourselves out there. Like we've we've always held it down in the music industry. That's not that's yeah. nothing new. But when we look at like, you know, Tubi, all the different series, all the different movies, um, that's giving people a better idea of what Detroit has, uh, whether it's the different buildings that they're seeing um, or just like kind of how we are, how we move. Like I had some, one of my best friends, he always is like, I'm never coming to Detroit. And I'm like, whatever. So he texted me the other day, like, okay, I changed my mind. I want to come to Detroit. <laughs> I was like, you better hit me because I'd have been like, nah. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, you know, he's like, I've been listening to Detroit music. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. You should watch, uh, you know, some of the shows on Tubi or whatever. And that just kind of gives people an idea of the talent that's here and you know some of the craziness but yeah, and it's you know, all good it's, <laughs> hey, it is entertaining listen we sure. are 2B stands over here Murder Pain if you listening right I need season 3 McGraw Ave come be on the show all that good stuff you need an extra I got you Anyway, too, too many of the movies are starting to become the same, so we got to switch it up. Yeah, we need some more yeah. buffed ups. We yeah. need some more like, where's comedy, the some more regular. We get yes, this, it's regular, everyday people in Detroit. Everybody not drug hey. dealers and strippers yes. and all that type of stuff. And it's a story. week. I okay. love that's our, Friday. that's our Friday. Yeah, for real. That's, it, that's it our is. Friday, yeah. But it's a story. You can go block to block, house to house, no matter anywhere in the city and you can find a unique story mm-hmm. so it's not like they don't exist they absolutely do exist and a lot of times people are waiting to tell their story nobody's nobody's asked mm-hmm. so you have to be the person to ask because otherwise we're losing so much history so much mm-hmm. perspective so much thing like so many things because people aren't asking the right questions or they're scared to go you know and and open that door and, and talk mm-hmm. to those people yep okay so we are at our last question of the podcast and this has been voted favorite question by us too by us you know because <laughs> it's our show now I'm going to ask you the question but before you answer I'm also going to give you some qualifiers to the question okay so the question is if you could switch places with someone for one week who would it be now before you answer you the person does not have to be alive to you know, be whoever you 
chose. It can be somebody from any time period, any historical reference, any historical context. But you, you don't, don't have, have to be, be dead. dead. <laughs> okay? You, when you switch places with this person, you don't have to be <laughs> you are alive. dead. You are alive. You also get all this person's responsibilities, their money, their problems, their children, their significant others, legal trouble, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. So, choose wisely. It can be across race, across gender, across time. Yeah, so I think with this one, I would like to go with the homie J. Cole. And the reason I picked J. Cole is I think that he's still my favorite rapper right now, just as far as like, uh, and then overall lifestyles. I think that there are some similarities and alignment there. And I think more importantly, out of because of Cole and he's a celebrity and things like that, I feel like certain people, if you do it right, you're able to be able to figure out that balance between the Hollywood or Hollyweird theatrics and all those mm-hmm. type of things, and then being like still staying in tune with Authentic, who you are, yeah, yeah your, with yourself authentically. And everybody's not able to straddle that line. Like yeah. one one of the things I love thinking about is and we don't have to dwell on this at all i'm just gonna throw it out there for context like a beyonce and jay-z and a will smith and a jada pinkett smith in the sense of not comparing their relationships <laughs> our lifestyles i'm not doing that what i'm saying is as far as what what i learned in terms of seeing them over the years is that in the, in that industry that type of limelight or whatever what you want to get out gets out what you don't want mm-hmm. to get out don't get out like in in that sense like mm-hmm. we ain't know nothing about Jay-Z and Beyonce situation so they made an album about it yep and we know what Jada ate for lunch maybe tomorrow but <laughs> I'm so tired of her <laughs> I'm so tired of her so but, you know I, mean, you, I, I you... wouldn't derail us I, I, mm-hmm. like I said I don't want to dwell on it at all because <laughs> we can we can spiral on another episode on that one <laughs> but um, that's why I said like if I, if it's anybody that I look up to like I like I said it's a lot of things that in his livelihood I admire to do he really has somebody been somebody who's really in tune and tapped in with his fans like at one point in time he did like a tour series for letting people in for a dollar a piece just because they want to listen to his old mixtapes he's always been kind of like that type of person who like he uh, someone of the community J Cole would pull up to a, a girls high school basketball game mm-hmm, and just yeah, be in there be chilling, chilling just off the vibes and so you know things like that like still being able to be uh, human at the end of the day, so that's why I think you know Cole, and I feel like our values would would align. Plus, he lived a, he lived a few different lives. Like he hot right now, he lived a few different lives. Mm-hmm. This man played professional basketball, played college basketball, very successful rapper, got platinum plaques, mm-hmm. all this type of stuff. Like and he 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 did it all his way and mm-hmm. on his time, and not the the non traditional way. So I like I like Cole. Yep, yeah. create a Dreamville, you know, help yep. to establish that brand too. So definitely, yeah. definitely a good choice. Yeah, he found us Ari Lennox. Yes, found Ari Lennox. <laughs> hey, come on okay. now. Okay, I am um, Ari Lennox. Stand, okay. Do you want me to go? Or do you have your person? No, you got to go, girl, because I don't got one. Okay, um, <laughs> so y'all can't hold this against me because it's been seven seasons. So honestly, I don't remember if I picked this person in the past. Well, I was or thinking not. of someone that I might have picked. Hey, okay, but so my choice would be Terrell. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That ain't it. That's a good choice. Like, oh I my love goodness, Terrell. I love Terrell. And if you don't know who Terrell is, shame on you. Where have you been? Go on YouTube, look up the Terrell show. Um, and I want to say he started with, you know, just the blue wall hosting the show, mm-hmm. uh, bringing on guests. But his brand has evolved into like, not necessarily talk shows, but like. 
I don't know what to call them, like shorts with different guests, like the show mm-hmm. he has with Coco, T and Coco. Mm-hmm. Um, and just honestly, to and he see. He has an album. Yeah, and he has an album because mm-hmm. he's a singer. But to see his brand grow from, mm-hmm. you know, when he started to now and the, the quality of guests and the type of conversations that he is able to have with guests mm-hmm. and make people feel comfortable because even as a professional singer, you know, you don't always feel comfortable sitting in a like one-on-one space and mm-hmm. being told to sing on the spot. Yeah. Especially because they got, don't know their lyrics. Right, they don't know their lyrics. They don't Everybody know their songs. Everybody can't sing. <laughs> that, that too. Everybody <laughs> can't sing. Um, but it's just, it's a fun environment mm-hmm. and I would definitely switch places with Terrell for a week because he just yeah. seemed like he's is a fun person. But he's also, it's like you can, he had a journey mm-hmm. to get to where he is for sure. Absolutely. I love how he just was like, I don't need no fancy studio or mm-hmm. Fox or nothing like that. Come to the house. I just need the blue wall yep. and yep. have people and pull up and we going to sing and yep. we going to turn up. Because this, this, I think he's on season six mm-hmm. and his finale with all of the members of Destiny's Destiny Child, of course, minus Beyonce. But that was genius. That, yeah, that was man, genius. Man, perfection. I was like, this is great. Beyonce going to pull up on the watch. She going yeah. to have to. Because how, how, like, she going to be like, how you uh, ask them and not me? But it's, I'm sure he asked. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just the type of interviewer that he is makes people want to be on his show because you know mm-hmm. it's the concept is amazing but you have to be a quality not just a quality interviewer but a quality person for people to be like oh yeah like I, of course i'm gonna be on a terrell show mm-hmm. like listen if i could sing i would, I would go on there right but, today I, and but I he has it. had people who aren't <laughs> singers he's just changed up the format a little bit or changed up the game no, i still want to sing oh god <laughs> <laughs> okay what's the problem um, no okay. comment hater um so i'm pretty sure i picked this person before but i'm gonna pick him again and i don't really care um just because i'm a huge fan of their work i'm gonna pick dick wolf <laughs> y'all y'all oh. just let, let it finish please because this is so ridiculous this is mind-blowing go ahead and continue Shariah. please okay. so tell people who dick wolf because for those of you who don't know who he Da-da. is, he is the creator and executive producer of Law and Order. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the look on his face just now. So, Law and Order SVU is my comfort show. She is a Law and Order stan. Law yeah. and Order SVU down. I don't okay. Care. I will watch it all day long. I don't care if I've seen the episodes 15,000 times. There are only three episodes that I refuse to rewatch because they scared me and I did not have fun watching those and those are the ones with William Lewis. So watch those if you At want your to. your leisure. Because uh, no, it's so bad. Like I know the intro music to that one and I'll be like, turn it off <laughs> immediately. I had nightmares about that man. It was crazy. But the reason that I would pick him is because I want to understand how he comes up with these storylines and his creativity and how he made a show that lasts so long. Like yeah, Law and & Order has been around spanned. for like 30 years. It's It's broken off like you yes. know it's the original Law and Order then you got Law and Order SVU then mm-hmm. you got Criminal Intent, Criminal Intent. you what, got um what's the new one with Stabler I know uh <laughs> what is it organized crime, crime. there yeah. <laughs> but and, and when you see some of the, the shows you can see how they're drawn from like everyday life but it mm-hmm. also still feels like a show yeah and I like how they um, like cross over with other things mm-hmm. that he's not even producing like he has plenty of episodes where they bring on the cast from uh, Chicago PD yeah and vice versa so that's why I would be him because I just need to understand <laughs> What's the formula to this success? You cross gender and race. Yeah, I did. She said. And ages. And ages. Okay, because he old. Because it's not very often that I want to be an old white man. <laughs> okay? 
Hey, it's not too many of them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's where I will be. <sighs> All right. <laughs> this fool said, "Dick Wolf." <laughs> And Denzel looked at her like she lost her mind. I think that was my favorite part. His reaction was so genuine. Like, like, what? Excuse, did you? What? <sighs> that was good for me. Oh, man. Okay, go ahead. Denzel, go ahead and drop all your social medias where people can find you, all that good stuff. Any future events? Whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So you can follow me on Instagram at Black Fridays Podcast, all one word. Uh, Fridays with an S. Make sure you put that in there. You can also follow my personal page, Denzel D E N Z E L L Turner T U R N E R uh, on Instagram as well. And uh, let's see, website. You can go to Black Fridays Pod P O D dot com. To check out the podcast, if you're interested in being a guest, there's a form on there for that as well. And then also, uh, please like, subscribe on YouTube, comment, show some love on the videos and the content there on the social media pages as well. And then also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your major streaming platforms. For your podcast, go ahead, give us a subscribe, give us a, a review on the podcast, and uh, just show some love and, and tap in with the episodes and yeah, let's let's continue to build together and support these black-owned spaces and creatives. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. And for once, me and Jermaine actually have an event coming up that we could probably okay, talk listen, about on the podcast. Listen. <laughs> so, on December 3rd, if you guys are not busy, you should come out with us. We're going to be celebrating my birthday. And we're also going to be going to see the Beyonce movie. So, um, tickets are available on Event Noir. Don't ask me how to spell that because I don't know. But you can go to our social media. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be up on our social media page. <laughs> and we can link it to the episode as well. Um, but, yeah, come out with us. We're going to have, um, for those of you that choose to do VIP, we will have a special brunch at District 78. We will also have a party bus that will take us from District 78 to the movies. We will go there. We got some trinkets for you guys. We got some fun stuff. We have general admission tickets available. Come out. Wear your best uh, Renaissance outfits. Is December 3rd your actual birthday? No, my birthday is December 6th. Oh, so you Sagittarius? Yes. So I knew, I, so I knew yeah. you was all right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's December 10th. Oh yeah, listen, it's a party. It's, it's our season. Okay, it's a yeah. turn up. I, I just seen a post that said Sagittarius, it's time to sagitate. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> uh, it's time for the Sagittarius. Yeah, it's yeah. time for the Sagittarius. That's gonna be on the episode. That's gonna be the episode tagline. Let me write it down. It's time for the Sagittarius. We're ready. <laughs> so, thank you all so much for listening to episode one of season seven. Uh, thank you to Denzel for coming on the show. Make sure you are following the new kids on all social media platforms at the new kids LLC subscribe to our Patreon, the new kids Detroit, or visit our website, the new kids Detroit.com and subscribe to our YouTube account, the new kids university, where we are sharing our knowledge with you. If you have a guest in mind, or if you want to be on our show, feel free to shoot us the email at the new kids LLC at gmail.com. As always, thank you for your support. Keep listening. And we hope that you learned something. new. All right. The new kids are out. Bye guys. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.